Pleasant morning. These devotions are brought to you by the Anglican Diocese of the Bahamas and the Turks and Caicos Islands. My name is Joshua Davis and I am from Holy Spirit Parish located in the Chippingham community of New Providence. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Have you ever observed how children interact with each other? I always remembered my youngest sister as a toddler and how she'd interact with her pairs. It amazed me that at this age there is no sense of jealousy, hatred or indifference. They only know the way of love because it comes naturally to them in its purest form. Similarly, in our epistle reading for this morning's liturgy, taken from the first letter of John, chapter 3, verses 11 to 18, John warns against jealousy, hatred, and indifference, and provides practical ways in which we are to demonstrate Christian love in action. To place our reading in context, we notice that John's first letter addresses three key issues, our belief in Jesus, our obedience to God, and our love, not only for Christians, but all of humanity. And here it seems as if John is speaking to a community impacted by conflict and strife, in which he responds with a way of love that impacts us at our very core. If we were to read earlier in chapter 3 with specific reference to verse 1, John describes us as children of God, a title which is bestowed on us by the Father. As a result, we are called to behave like the children of God, in thought, word, and deed. John begins this specific passage in verse 11 by recalling the command we have received from the beginning of time to love one another, and then continues in verse 12 by providing the first examples of hatred as illustrated in the story of Cain and Abel. To refresh your memory, Cain and Abel were brothers who both offered sacrifices to God. Cain offered the fruit of the ground since he was a tiller, while Abel offered the firstborn of his flock, since he was a keeper of sheep. Abel ultimately offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, so that Cain did not understand that God wanted his sacrifice to be of one of faith and not works, leading him to become enraged and jealous, leading to hatred and murder. John tells us that we must not be like Cain and draws a conclusion in verse 13 from this illustration, that we are not to be surprised that the world hates us as Cain hated Abel, because the world hates Christians for the same reason Cain hated Abel, our obedience to Christ and the righteousness we inherit. John therefore shifts his focus from us being children of God to us then being brothers and sisters in Christ as to emphasize the importance of brotherly love, which was to be shared between Cain and Abel. 
This love shared between us is a symbol of our newness of life, our gift of eternal life, and our sign of being born from above. This love shared between us is unconditional, which does not require reciprocation, but instead chooses to love the difficult, the ungrateful, the selfish, and the seemingly unlovable. Since Christ's love transcends the boundaries of jealousy, hatred, and indifference, it is not exclusive to Christians, but rather extends to all of humanity because, as Jesus reminds us, the world will know that we are his disciples by our love, a practical experience of a life immersed in Christ. John continues in verse 14b and 15 by stating that whoever does not abide in love abides in death, and that anyone who hates a brother or sister are murderers and do not have eternal life. Although it might be difficult to accept, John says that people who do not abide in love are as good as dead, and that those who have a hatred towards their own siblings, like Cain did, will not inherit eternal life. In the following chapter, John declares that God is love and reminds us that since God dwells in us, we are designed to be the very personification of love. It is therefore impossible to claim to love God in whom one, one cannot see if one hates their own brother or sister in whom we can see and in whom God resides. Considering this, as Christians, we ought to speak and act in a way that is characterized by love rather than one that encourages hatred, violence, or conflict. John illustrates what love looks like in verse 16, something that can only be found in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made on the cross for us, fittingly after we are reminded of what love is not. Depending on the situation, not many people, not even your parents, would die for you. But Jesus loved you enough to give his life to save yours. I'll never understand what love is if that isn't it. The selfless and substitutionary death perfectly embodies God's love. John gently then asserts that we have a moral duty to love, and if it is required, that we should even give our lives to save others, since at its core, love is sacrifice. This is all based on Christ's death for us. In verse 17, John offers an example of what love looks like by conjuring up a striking image of someone who lives a luxurious life, rejects those in need, yet professes a love for God. Does this description fit you? Do you aim to be a brother's keeper? Imagine what our parishes, communities, islands, and countries would look like if we had more good Samaritans. John thus presents a concluding exhortation in verse 18 that builds upon his earlier points which admonishes us to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk in truth and sincerity. In other words, do we show our love because someone is watching, or do we do so because we have the love of Christ in our hearts and are earnest to share this love with others? My brothers and sisters, think on these things and do your part to show others the way of love today. Thank you for listening and remember to share today's message with a friend or neighbor. Amen.